What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Geek Podcast. Today, we have David Silliman. He's a naturally recognized speaker, expert on Opportunity Zone funds. We have a lot to talk about uh, as far as what those funds are, what the Opportunity Zone area encompasses. Uh, he's currently responsible for developing over $15 billion with a B in Opportunity Zone funds. That's over 70 different funds. He's helped GPs and sponsors raise over $750 million and is recognized as a top 25 fund manager and top 10 Opportunity Zone fund expert in the country. I think... He's an expert, and he'll be able to tell us a little bit about Opportunity Zones. How are you doing, David? I'm doing excellent, Mike. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing great. So, you know, let's dive in. Um, yeah. What is an Opportunity Zone? Uh, so, basically, this is where a lot of people, you hear like, oh, I started a zone, or I have a zone, or I this, or I that, and they typically I something in a zone. And the reality of it is all an opportunity zone is, is a preset geographic area that has been predefined by treasury, by IRS and designated as an opportunity zone. So really it starts off geographic. The rest of it is all about a, basically a tax program that was added to the Tax Cut and Jobs Act in 2017. And it's a way to defer taxation and then also to be able to create tax-free growth uh, over a period of time. And the idea is effectively utilizing tax incentives to privatize community economic development and revitalization with a focus on real estate, businesses, workforce development, and creating safer neighborhoods. That's what, what the program is. And that's what an opportunity zone is. It's just a geographic area. So it's a geographic area that is like down in the dumps or, or it's not, it's kind of like a C-class area. Well, it depends. Um, you can say that the vast majority of them would be C-class areas. There are some opportunity zone areas, you know, it's political <laughs> that are definitely questionable, be maybe even A-class in some areas. Um so, but it basically, it was taken off of 2010 census data and looked at that and said, okay, you know, wh who's believing below median poverty levels, things like that. And then that's what was then, you know, started the derivation of what are now opportunity zones. And the federal government and treasury came up with this idea, this program, get, tossed it over to the states. So each state governor and then locally were defined. So basically a state was saying, hey, this is what the data says. Uh, 
get back to us. Let us know if it still holds true based, you know, on everything. And so you kind of went top down and then bottom back up. So it was like riding it an elevator a little bit um, in the sense that, you know, it started then to be looked at locally and then changes were made. And then those changes were then given back to the governor and then the governor back to treasury. Mm-hmm. So it kind of started, came down and then went went back up, up to the top. And then that's what was approved. But basically 25% of all eligible areas that could be opportunity zones are opportunity zones. So there's still a lot of areas that are not that could be eligible. Um, But each state has opportunity zones. There's 8,700 of them across the United States, Guam, U.S. Virgin Islands, and basically the entire island of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And do you think they'll kind of redo the map after the 2020 well, so are they just going to keep with the 2010 you think so it, it's a great that's a great point because in 2020 they did redo the census data um the irs came out and said at that point in time that they were not going to reevaluate the opportunity zones themselves however since that time frame we do have the opportunity zone extension act that has been submitted to congress and that would not only re-identify those areas, uh, potentially expand those areas, and then also give the states the ability to sunset and reassign new zones. So, uh, and then there was another bill that was also submitted to extend the opportunity zones by another 980 zones as well. So there's been a couple, at the end of the day, they'll probably end up getting all merged into one after it goes through markups and everything else like that. But it's a program that's got strong bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's going to grow. And it only makes logical sense. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of people, people in need, a lot of areas in need. Now, if if I remember right, one of the requirements, you know, I can't just go in and start a business in an opportunity zone. Don't I have to see there's some growth or some so there's employment? A process. There's, yeah, a, there's, there's a process to it. And basically, the easiest way to understand the process is just, let's just break it into three lanes. You've got individually, mm-hmm. you've got the investment vehicle being a fund, and then you've got the underlying asset being what's called the qualified opportunity zone business. All right. Something that the fund invests into for either stock or partnership or membership positions. Mm-hmm. All right. So basically investing into a company. As an investor with capital gains, I'm, and the be- easiest way to use is let's just say I sold Bitcoin for profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in crypto and I sold Bitcoin. Let's say I had a million dollar capital gain event. And so normally I I you know pay capital gains tax on that. And depending on whether how long I held the, the crypto for, it's either going to be short term, long term mm-hmm. gains. But Uncle Sam's going to get their slice of the pie. And depending on what state I live in, more than likely the state's going to get their piece of the pie as well. Mm-hmm. So, and that's usually going to come out to be what, close to a third, maybe a little bit more, right? Uh, so what this does is it says, okay, hey, Dave, Mike set up an opportunity zone fund. So that's the vehicle that reports to the IRS that's going to find something eligible to invest into in an opportunity zone, whether it's real estate or whether it's business. And so I like, I like whatever the project is you found, whatever you're doing, good numbers, good potential mm-hmm. returns, tax-free. And so I take my capital gains and I invest into your opportunity zone fund. And what that does is the year that I do that, I get two major benefits. Number one, I get to defer taxes on that million dollars. Okay. I get to kick that can down the road right now to tax year 2026. Now, the Opportunity Zone Extension Act that I mentioned earlier would kick that can further down the road, but that just hasn't been passed yet. But once that does, 
then that 2026 deadline is going to get extended out. But uh, so I'm deferring paying the tax. The second big thing, though, is not so much deferring paying the taxes as it is the tax-free growth. So let's say I put a million into your fund. The only rule is, is that I can't exit my position in 10 years. If I exit, I got to pay taxes, maybe penalties, blah, 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 depending on when I exited, et cetera. But as long as I just, I like it, I, I don't exit and I keep my position for 10 years, then I get a step up to basis to fair market value at exit. So let's say I put a million in and let's say that whatever it was that you were doing had a 10x return on my money. So it grew from one to 10. I pay no capital gains tax. I walk away tax-free at the federal level. And 46 out of 50 states mirror the federal level, which means that I walk away tax-free at the state level also. The other thing about the program is we think 10 years. Well, it sounds like it's a long time. But when you think about the only other alternative, which is 1031 exchanging, mm -hmm. when you think real estate, that program is not even designed for you for your lifetime. That's more designed for your heirs, mm -hmm. right? So this gives you a short window to get a full step up in basis. But more importantly than that, the program doesn't expire till 2047. So I could look, I could be in my 40s the way that I am and have, again, same scenario, a capital gain event from, from crypto invest into your fund. And now I don't exit until 2047. I'm at retirement and I got all that as tax-free growth. So it's a unique type of vehicle for what it does. And yeah. the stipulation is for me as an investor who has capital gains, I got to go into a fund first, just finding something that's you know a, a development or a business that I like in an opportunity zone and just directly investing. I don't get the advantage of the program because mm. the fund does the reporting. Okay, so it has to, you. You can't go into my syndication. I can't I go directly to... into the deal. The syndication would have to spin off an OZ fund that would also be an investor in the deal, and then I would be mm -hmm. investing in the offshoot. So I get because mm -hmm. that's what's reporting for the capital gain benefit, and then that invests then in, into whatever the you know the syndicated deal is. And are there third party companies? You know, I mean, there's opportunities everywhere. That's like you know, kind of like the. Uh, Self-directed IRA, you need the uh, the third party. Are there, so, let's say I do a syndication into a hotel, it's in an opportunity zone, you have capital gains. Well, I'm not going to start up a fund or, or, or an offshoot. Are there third party companies that can facilitate that? There are, for sure. Um, we do that all the time. We've also got a DIY builder that hmm. someone can kind of do it themselves. But basically, when the when you think the opportunities on fund, which again is that reporting vehicle, they really fall into two buckets, really kind of open and closed. So going back to that same example where I was an investor, I sold Bitcoin, yada yada yada. Um, let's say that my CPA said, "Hey, Dave, you know, go find a fund," and I can't find one, mm -hmm. but. I can set my own up. Now, mine is not going to be a fund that's raising money the way that like a Reg C or D offering would be, mm -hmm. okay. right? So this is just basically a company that gets set up and the operating agreement gets adjusted. I put money into the company. Company reports itself as an opportunity zone fund. Now, that fund could then come to your project if it's in an opportunity zone, mm -hmm. if you were accepting new money in for equity, got to be for equity, yep. and could come in and, and act as a as an investor, but it would be recognized as the company, uh -huh. not Dave Silliman. 
Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure. Cause when you said fund, I'm thinking, man, it cost me like $20,000 to set up a fund. And, and it uh, does. When you think setting up an, an open opportunity zone fund, that's going to raise money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now can you do a 1031 into a fund and have the same? Absolutely. The, the one thing that I have issues with, like in a non-opportunity, let's say someone had a 1031 wanted to invest in a hotel. They have to be like on the GP side. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want them to be. So, so what you're saying is that, so you can have a 1031 and you can still be an LP if you do yep. an opportunity zone fund. Yep. And I'm also not limited to like kind. There with you 1031. go. I could sell a business because mm -hmm. it used to be that I could 1031 business. Mm -hmm. Art right now is a big investment uh, category. I used to be able to 1031 exchange art. I can't do any of that anymore mm -hmm. because the opportunity zone program replaced it. And the reality of it is, is at the end of the day, I think the opportunity zone program is ultimately going to replace the 1031 exchange program itself as well, because it's it's able to more directly focus investment dollars into areas of need while still giving the benefit in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, wow. yeah. I mean, I'm learning so much. Uh, you can have a partial or failed exchange. A lot of times you'll see with real estate where somebody, especially right now, where we where the, the market is just you know increasing rates, mm -hmm. you got falling equity value. And coming out of one where I got lucky and I just sold in time and trying to find something else, I might not even be able to come close to finding something in that 45-day window. Right. So what happens? I have a failed 1031 exchange. This program's the second bite at the tax apple. I can take just the capital gain. I don't need to have an intermediary. And I don't need to invest the principal. So I can actually extract out my basis, roll just the gain, and I can roll it into my own fund that I set up as just a you know close type friends, family type thing, and then use that fund then to find something to invest into. And the nice thing is, is I have time. I, I have two sets of time to do this. I have a 180-day window from the date I realized the capital gain, unless... It's I get a K-1 from the sale of real estate. Then I get like an extended period of time. But I have 180 days to roll the money into the fund. And then the fund then has a, its own window of 180 days to then be to identify and then begin to I, deploy money into something in an opportunity zone. And if it needs a longer period of time, then the fund can build what's called the safe harbor plan, which is just a written fancy way of saying use of proceeds. All right. Mm -hmm. So a written use of proceeds plan, and it can automatically get an extended period of time up to an additional 31 months to, to make an investment. And for businesses, up to an additional 31 months on top of the 31 months. So it's eligible for up to a 62-month extensionary window on top of the 180 days if, it's, if I'm investing in a business. Wow. Okay. See, it's just so much more than I thought was possible it, that's it's amazing now talking about funds and, and your funds let's talk about what you're doing with uh your opportunity zone fund and it's uh what easy easy oz right or easy oz easy oz easy oz, yeah, easy OZ. Um, and uh, everybody it's it's easy oz e-a-z-y-o-z dot com if you want to check it out 
So we don't actually have our own fund. Um, we have not set one up simply because of conflict of interest, because we set funds up for other clients. Um, and so we don't try to, you know, we're not a licensed, uh, SEC broker dealer. So, you know, we're very cautious on, on that line that we walk when it comes to investors and placing money and stuff, but to, to build like the process that you went through, when you think back to how you said your fund cost you 20 grand, mm -hmm. that was probably 20 grand just for your private placement. Mm -hmm. Probably not even everything else that by the time you looked at what it really truly cost to get set up and then also look at the time, the time frame that it took on top of that, I'm going to guess probably like everybody else, probably somewhere between six to 18 months altogether to kind of zigzag your way through. How do I set one of these things up? Right. Yeah. That was my experience prior to the Opportunity Zone program. I was in a hotel deal and came into it to help do just that, put together a, a syndicated offering for it. Um, and it just so happened to be right at the very, very beginning of the Opportunity Zone program. We looked at it. was like, oh, my gosh, this is in a zone. Made a pivot and you know ended up being the second fund in the country to ever go live. Wow. And I looked at that and I was like, you know, there's a process. And so what I sought out to do is... I built a company once before, uh, if you remember during the 2008 debacle, the mortgage meltdown crisis, um, there was a, gov a couple of government programs, HAMP and HARP. And, HARP, sure. Yep. They were under the Obama programs and they basically was a loan modification program. Uh, and it was different than what we've got today. Um, it was very much kind of a wild, wild west when that program first came out. Well, I built a, a, a loan modification company called the Cornerstone Group. Uh, second largest loan modification company in the country. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I know. Why do I know Cornerstone? Because we were the Because it's big. It was a big, big company. It had 175 mm -hmm. people, two call centers. Well, change of a pen at the congressional level, <laughs> and effectively, I was in business one day and out of business the next. And you know, Congress passed changes to legislation based on stuff that was happening out in California, and I was in Virginia. Yeah. My call centers, everybody's in Virginia on my side, but because of, of bad apples and that proverbial saying that, you know, a few bad apples will rot the entire basket, completely held true with that government program. Fast forward to this government program, looked at it a little differently. And I said, somebody's got to be, I learned a lesson, right? Had no, there was no voice for it. Hmm. So for me, this was a brand new ecosystem that was going to develop into a financial eco market space. You know, when you give something all the way to 2047, and you throw real estate in business and you make it private equity, a lot of money is going to flow into it with time. It's mm -hmm. going to be a trillion dollar ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So my, I looked at it very uh, differently. While everybody was focusing on, hey, this is my tree, meaning, hey, here's my fund, my offering, my deal. I was like, how do we support building connectivity, relationships? You know, we called them bridges, like market spaces, directory listings, you know, education, all these different points that people would need to be supportive and to grow and be healthy in the ego. And that's what we've done. So we've, we've, as a company, we started with turnkey fund development. We still do that where you can come to us and from zero to 30 days, we can set up an opportunity zone fund all in, not just documentation, but financials, banking, administration, um, branding, branding, web design, deal rooms, pitch decks, pitch videos, press releases, all of it, CRM systems, automation, your pipeline, whole thing done in 30 days, which is basically unheard of. But yeah. all we've done is gone out and we brought 
everybody that you've went out and you've done in the past that hired the securities attorneys, the corporate attorneys, the tax attorneys, the web, the video, the, the technology people, the SEO people, we just hired them all and said, this is a systematic approach. Each one's going to basically be, a, you know, the same concrete. Everything else is just how the painting and the fixtures and, and the furniture, meaning what's your project, who's your team, what's your numbers. But the foundation of what is a fund is what we sought out to, to kind of make into a turnkey thing. And so we do that. And then that led to also creating a DIY program. Then shortly into that, we realized there was no real directory listing. So we set up ozfunds.com, which is the largest directory listing of opportunities on funds. And then within a little bit of a period of time, we realized that, you know, you got professionals that when you line up a hundred CPAs, you might have five that really know this program mm. in any way, shape or form. You'll have 85 that have heard of it surface level and you'll have like 10 that have never heard of it at all. Don't know really anything about it. So there's a, there's a massive, massive gap in professional education, not just with CPAs, but with tax attorneys, with real estate agents, with business brokers, the list goes on and on. Registered investment advisors in the crypto community, in the technology and startup community, VC community, all of that. There's this education gap on, all right, I've heard this program is mainly for real estate and it's complicated and it's bad areas and it doesn't apply to me. And <laughs> that was I, me. I'm like, I don't want to own a hotel, you know, in, and, and in I, opportunity I zone, say but that because I think of it as that area town that there's usually one thing they're doing in hotels, you know, or two things. Right, and doing I, I would say you got to look at, you got to look at it differently. Okay. Yeah. You know, you look at it today, tomorrow and next year type mentality. If we look yeah. at it today and you're getting into a really good deal, like yeah. on a hotel, there is so much number one federal support. Like that's what something that's never talked about, about this program. It's not a tax program. This yeah. is the first time that a program has been done in the history of our country where there's 21 different federal agencies that are involved, 21. And it's not just involved in creating, but I'm talking involved in supporting, like just this past year, like within the last six months, um, FHA announced a new uh, increase in rehab loans for multifamily in opportunity zones from 35,000 to 75,000. There, there's loan programs, there's contract programs, there's grant programs, there's insurance programs, mm -hmm. 23 different agencies, over 300 plus different programs. That's just at the federal level. Then you look at the state level. I'll use Ohio. Ohio, as an example, in their press release for this year's fiscal budget, they've got $200 million allocated to support opportunities on initiatives. Mm -hmm. Then we drill down local. I'll use Baltimore. Baltimore in their press announcement has got $50 million to support local opportunities and initiatives. Then you look at TIF, you look at municipality support, mm -hmm. sales tax rebates, property tax rebates, sales and property tax deferments, uh, expedited zoning. In some cases, literally the municipality owns the property and will gift it to, to the GP mm -hmm. just to get it done. So, I mean, you've got different scenarios where you can really juice a return in a big way. And then to make it tax-free, because your cap stack doesn't have to be just a you know a little bit of your skin in the game and then a big bank debt. Mm -hmm. You can get all this other type of stuff. 
The other thing is the Opportunity Zone program is a tax stackable program. So low-income housing tax credits, historic tax credits, new, new market income tax credits, uh, solar, all the ones that are out because of the omnibus spending bill that just got passed for business and energy and infrastructure, mm -hmm. all of that is overlaid Mm. So you get all that to juice the, you know, the underlying project, which means that if I'm an investor in that underlying project, getting all of that juice, I'm getting a better juice out of my squeeze as an investor, mine's just tax-free because I put capital gains into a fund. And through EZOZ, you're walking the new GP through all that because I don't know where the tax credits and what they are. And that's just something that you, you're helping everyone. So it's like, oh, my God, there's just David's talking about so much. We have, um, There's a, an education program. If you can see the screen mm -hmm. behind me. It says COZA, mm -hmm. Certified Opportunity Zone Advisor. And you can find it in our menu right at EZOZ or go to OZAdvisor.com. But it's an entire online training program. We've partnered mm -hmm. with the America First Policy Institute Center for Opportunity and Liberty University put together our training program and uh, it'll walk someone through A to Z to go from, I've never heard of it, to being an expert advisor in all right online. Well, I, well, I, you, you've changed my mind. Now I'm going to start looking, you know, because what I was thinking as you're talking is you never know in 10 years, that could be the new hotspot for, you know, people living. You just don't know what all of this money going into these zones is going look to do Austin. to help it. Look at Austin, Texas. You know, look at Tampa, Florida. These are all markets that are the, the highest growing markets in the country that all have major opportunity zones and major support for opportunity zones. Mm -hmm. hmm. yeah, that's amazing. Now, what are, I'm going to be devil's advocate. What's some of the, the, the bad things, some of the cons uh, right. you know what could happen great with... question right. very very let's just call it the nuclear option yeah is i'm a passive investor go back to that crypto example with the bitcoin mm -hmm. i invest in your fund your fund's not real you close up shop i'm thinking 10 years three years into it you raised a few million dollars you're gone and i'm not even thinking i'm going to see a return for the next three years Right, because the waterfall you showed me mm -hmm. showed me a ten-year horizon. So, I am none the wiser until it's too late. Right, that's that's number one. Now, what does that cause? That's the fraud, yep. and that then causes you know huge news media picks it up, Congress picks it up, negative changes to the program. So that that's the massive that's the nuke option in my mind. Mm -hmm. the bigger options are you look at the market space and you got a lot of GPs that are first time GPs, which you know there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being a first time GP if you've got a good deal. Mm -hmm. So you got to start somewhere, right? Um, unlike other deals, uh, opportunity zone deals don't have any typical prior performance because of the fact that there's a lot of new GPs. So not only at the deal level, but even at, at the GP level, you don't have prior performance. Mm -hmm. um, so they're ultra high risk right there, just in that sense. Everything is being forecasted out. So then you got to take into consideration economic conditions, market conditions, exit strategy conditions. You know, if I'm in real estate, am I leveraging, am I selling? Like, what am I doing? You know, what are rates going to be like? What's the you know equity value going to be like? Are you going to be a good market, down market, buyer, seller, et cetera? 
right? If I'm a business, am I buying back my equity? Am I going public? Am I selling the company? What am I, how am I ultimately creating the exit for Dave Silliman who put money into Mike, you know, Mike's fund, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding a good exit strategy. Um, and then at the end of the day, reporting is kind of weird, all right? Because I report to the IRS, hey, I put money in Mike's fund. Mm-hmm. Mike's fund reports to the IRS saying, hey, Dave Silliman put money in into our fund. And we put money into, you know, ABC business, right? ABC business does not report anything to the IRS saying that they are opportunity zone eligible. Because not just everything is ineligible, especially with businesses. It's got to be basically 2018 or newer. So effectively a startup, right? Um, uh, So that would be one is where, the fund made a mistake. It didn't invest the right way. It couldn't find a right project. And then there's penalty, there's you know penalties and interest for not properly deploying money fast mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Another thing is is that when you when I'm a passive investor and I'm looking at opportunities on funds, sometimes some of the funds that have got massive sums of money in them already, where usually no one wants to be the first or second investor into a fund, right? No one, <laughs> no one wants to be that guy. So, um, you know, so it's exceptionally hard just, just breaking that barrier, but once you do, it's feathers after that, right? Because now, now no one's the first, but looking out for funds that are raising too much too soon, because there is time parameters that, you know, and if you mess that up and you've got, you've overcapitalized and in standard private equity, great. We overcapitalize, we'll take our time, we'll get it right. (laughs) With With the opportunity zone program, you don't have that. So, you know, you've got to get it right. You've got to know that, hey, I'm deploying in something eligible. I'm able to put that money to work in a timely manner because then if not, then it could jeopardize the standing of the fund. If the fund's standing gets jeopardized, then my standing as a deferred investor in the fund gets jeopardized, Mm -hmm. which could accelerate then tax and interest and penalties on what I thought was just, you know, good money, safe money being deferred. Because, you know, I invested into an opportunity zone fund. So those are the big risks. Um, And then, you know, at the end of the day, also, like you mentioned, as far as, you know, understanding demographics in the market, where the market is going, um, you know, the program's not designed to polish a turd. It's not going to make a, 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 you know, a bad deal great. It'll make a a good deal great. It'll make a great deal even better. Um, but knowing the demographic, knowing the market, where is it going to be at in 10 years? Um, you know, is, is this going to get done? Is there going to be more growth? You know, knowing that kind of stuff and thinking that you're going to have a viable exit. Because for me, it goes back to the exit. If I put money in, it's one thing to do it, put money in and get all the benefits of it. It's another thing to get it out. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I look at. Well, David, it's been a pleasure and extremely knowledgeable. I hope everyone, well, I shouldn't say I hope I know everyone's going to go. Wow. Okay. The opportunity zones, not just this one thing. <laughs> I appreciate your time. It's not, it's so much more. It is. I just thought it was just one thing and I, and I thought it was just real estate, you know, but maybe it's just because that's all I think about. Yeah. Um, how can everyone find you? So the easiest way is just go to opportunityzones.org. Mm-hmm. And whether they have questions, whether they want to learn more, whether they want to set up a fund, find a fund, maybe I am a fund already and I want to find a property, all of that 
Opportunityzones.org has been set up, including navigating to EZOZ, our COSA program. You can it's 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 like the airport. Whatever you need to get to, you can get to it right from opportunityzones.org. Perfect. David, I appreciate the time and thank you Absolutely. for the Richard Lee Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.